There is no doubt that Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was a nobody. And not only was he a nobody, but he was a nobody in a town full of somebodies. Jericho was known as a city of prominent people, of the well-to-do and the wealthy. Herod had a winter palace in this place, as did the rich Roman families of the day. It's where they wintered. And because of this, one might believe or say that Bartimaeus had chosen the perfect spot to beg for coins. Now this was especially true given the time for which this story takes place because everyone was passing through Jericho to get to Jerusalem because these are the days leading up to the Passover. And there would have been more people than usual on this road. So perhaps the wealthy and the pious were dropping him more copper coin than usual in these days. Now I realize that those with Jesus want to quieten Bartimaeus, but I want to assume that they were inclined to help him before his outburst. I remember many years ago driving the church van to see the Passion play at a, at a church down in Nashville, and the parking lot was full of the typical white church vans. And after the Passion play was over, we all go out and we get in our van talking about how wonderful the production was, and um, all of a sudden, four of us driving those vans pull up to the very same four-way stop at the very same time. I didn't think we were ever going to get out of there because everybody wanted somebody else to go first. Now, why is that the case? Well, we've just seen the Passion Play, and we wanted to be sure that we went last, just like Jesus told us we should. So we kind of got stuck in this pious moment, if you will, and it kind of locked us up for a while. And I share that because I'm betting Bartimaeus benefited from the, well, this religious moment as people went to the Holy Land. Perhaps they were going to give two coins as opposed to one that they would usually give. But there's, so far I believe there may be some problems with my assumptions about Bartimaeus and, and where he is begging for coins. Because I just noticed as I'm reading this that Bartimaeus is not at the, in the place of the town where people are entering where they might have some coins in their pockets before they pick up some things they need for the road. He's on the exit going out of town after the fact. People would not have had as much coin in the pocket at that place. So why there? I've wondered. Maybe there's nothing to that. But with the Passover approaching, and all this news about this rabbi named Jesus, I have a feeling that Bartimaeus is waiting on the side of the road for something way more important than a few copper coins. I have a feeling he had heard something of Jesus. And I have a feeling he thought that maybe, just maybe, he was more than the circumstances that had labeled him as a beggar and blind. We can struggle to see people beyond their circumstances, can't we? And we can struggle to see ourselves beyond our circumstances. This was true about beggars and it's true about us all. We can all wear our failures, our successes, our challenges. We can wear our hardships like garments, can't we? Jesus was followed by many who had wore garments that identified them as something other than their name or their person. There were those with Jesus who were labeled as sinners and 
prostitutes and tax collectors, fishermen, zealots, adulterers, just to name a few. It can be hard to remember that we are more than these things. We are, we're more than that thing for which people see us as. And it's hard to see that sometimes in each other. My assumption is that people could not only see Bartimaeus, could only see Bartimaeus as, well, an object of their compassion. Perhaps quick to give to him in his need, but when he starts shouting out and asking for a company with Jesus and asking Jesus to help, well, all of a sudden their piety is replaced by something else. It's time for Bartimaeus to be quiet now to, to stay his place. Begging for coin may have been acceptable, but, but not this. So they hush him. Now over the last few weeks, we've read a lot of stories about ambition and aspirations, haven't we? The disciples have all along wanted to be more than they were. They wanted to be seen as better than they were. And today, there's, there's no different. Today we have one more figure who seems to aspire to be better than he is. But there's a difference. You see, where the disciples had aspired to be better than each other, (laughs) Bartimaeus seems to aspire to be better than a nobody. And you have to love what Bartimaeus does in response to those who quieten him down. He calls out, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And they sternly order him to be quiet. So he cries out even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. He stood still. And he said, call him here. And I find it very funny, almost comic. Maybe this is on purpose that how fast those who had silenced Bartimaeus in just a moment before are now encouraging him to go see Jesus. Take heart. Get up. He's calling you. What a, what a change. Almost in the same breath, they, they shush him and they, and they welcome him. Maybe this is a sign of old habits. Maybe they've been with Jesus long enough to know now that they caught themselves. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus taught us better than that. Of course Jesus is going to welcome. Go, go, go. Maybe that's what's going on here. However we want to make sense of that, Bartimaeus throws his cloak off. And he goes to Jesus. This act of throwing off the cloak seems to be a metaphor, Mark. It seems to be something we need to pay attention to. Maybe we are to see that he is throwing off the label of blind beggar that had defined him, throwing off the harshness that wanted him to be quiet. It's as if he is breaking free of things that had hidden his true personhood, his true value. And now he is stepping up naked in front of Christ, asking to be clothed in something new. Baptism comes to mind for me here. One gets the sense that Bartimaeus, though, is not the only one whose eyes are being opened. And we see evidence of that in the, in the quick about face of the crowd who hush him and then welcome him. And it's as if we're hearing Jesus say to Bartimaeus, yes, you now have sight. But you could already see by your faith that you, the most important thing, and now you just need to receive it. And I've also wondered this week, why are there so many stories just like this in the scriptures? So many stories exactly like this. 
Jesus healing, restoring sight, restoring the ability to hear and to speak, and the crowds uncertain how to treat such folks. The Good Samaritan story, the shady tax collectors, the lost sheep, the Good Samaritans, the Samaritan woman at the well. So many stories were those who are not valued and obviously so welcomed as heirs of the kingdom. What was it about the disciples? What is it about us that at times that we struggle to see people as Jesus did? How can we time and again with all the knowledge we have and all these stories in the scriptures find it so hard to grasp what Jesus is really about, what we should be about. We know what Jesus valued. We know the kind of folks Jesus loved, yet we still struggle to value folks in the same way. Maybe the hard truth that I've come to see is maybe it's less that I can't, it's maybe there's a part of me that doesn't want to. You see, many of us in this life, we've lived good lives. We've, we've been educated. We've managed to live successfully. We've earned our keep. We go to church. We do the right things. We pay our dues. We, we live as good citizens. Yet when we're faced with those who are more like Bart's, those who have not done so well with such things, maybe we are tempted to withhold some generosity, not our compassion, but maybe this ability to fully welcome them until they get their act together, you might say. Nora Gallagher wrote a book called The Moonlight Sonata at the Mayo Clinic, and she talks about seeing things that she couldn't unsee in life. She wrote that as she remembered thinking as I worked in the soup kitchen that I didn't want to know what I was learning. And her book reminds us that we do not all have the same access to things that help us to be successful. We do not all have access or the means or the tools to live as well as others. She confronts her own privileges and biases and she comes to remind me that it is one thing to have compassion. And I want to argue that maybe that's one of the easier things we can have. But it's an all, altogether another thing to understand people as Christ did. It requires seeing the full, full humanity in every person. And when we see people primarily by their circumstances, good or bad, we do not see the fullness of their being. When all we can see are the garments of past and conditions and mistakes are false, people can become to us nothing more than living, breathing manifestation of the circumstance that we see. Bartimaeus had always been a child of God. He didn't become a child of God in this story. He always had been. His sins or his place in this world or his circumstances may have hidden it from him and maybe had hidden it from others. But he was no more a child of God at the end of the story than when he began. And today in this story, Jesus helps him and everyone else to see it again, perhaps. Likewise, we are all in positions in our lives that if we can see and look for the best in people, we can help them to see it too. 
It's the parent who helps their child see this. It's the preacher who hopes to help the church see this. It's the teacher who wants the student to see what they can become. It's the leader who leads who wants to see this. Friends can help friends, and even strangers can help strangers see that they are more than they could ever imagine. And so the question I think that you and I must always ask is, are we helping others see the best in themselves by us looking for the best in them in the first place? As a beggar, we might know what Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus needs. As a blind man, we might think he needs his vision. But pay attention to what Jesus does here. He asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? What a sign of respect. I can imagine Bartimaeus had lived his whole life not even having to ask for the coins. People assume what he needed. I bet he lived a whole long life of everyone assuming they knew better than he what he needed. I'm sure they saw his blindness as a weakness. But Jesus doesn't tell him what he needs. He asks him. He shows him the respect that we would all want from one another in asking us what we need. And this willingness and this ability to see that Bartimaeus has self-determination is a powerful gift. How often in life do we assume that we know what others need but without asking them? Have you ever had someone do that thing for you that they thought they were really helping you but it really didn't help <laughs> Have you heard the, the idea that sometimes what you do for me, but without me, you do to me? I think that applies here at Bartimaeus. Jesus didn't do this. Jesus does not impose his will. God does not impose God's will upon us. God doesn't make assumptions. Jesus doesn't make assumptions. There's this freedom and this ability to ask. And it brings about dignity, and it honors self-worth. So I've imagined this week, what would I say to Jesus if he asked me today, Craig, what do you want me to do for you? Well, and maybe I've thought about, I've thought about this as a church too. What, what if he asked us as a church, what do you want me to do for you? What were the questions, what were the things that you would ask for? Well, maybe we would ask Jesus to make us successful individually as a church, and however you define that these days. Or maybe we would want Jesus to, to change our past, or maybe we would want him to fix all the world's problems so that life would be a little bit easier. But in saying those things out loud, they just don't feel right, do they? It just doesn't seem like the right request of Jesus. What if instead we do what Bartimaeus did? Lord, help me to see. Help me to see others as you see them. Help me to see myself as, as you see me, God. Help me to love my enemies. Help me to be kind and, and patient and loving and generous. Lord, help me to be a better disciple because I don't understand what that means. Those seem to dig into really good questions, don't they? The Reverend Whitney Rice came to this conclusion as well. And she said that digging down through all the immediate superficial answers, down through the fear and the ego and all the concerns of the world, we can find at the core of our being a desire to give 
and receive love. A desire to give and receive God. Lord, let us see how you love others so that we might love the same. Lord, help me to see each person as you see them so that I might treat them accordingly. And let me do that with myself. Yes, sometimes the really hard work for us as a church is not the compassion, but it's the living into and seeing the full humanity of those we serve. So the invitation for discipleship today is to keep your spiritual eyes open. As you leave this place today, have the courage to look at things, look at people, and see something that maybe you've been overlooking and that might change your life, and in fact, theirs too, if you can see it. Look for it in every person you meet, whether they're esteemed or not esteemed, of what God might see in them that's hidden from sight. Maybe there's some spiritual or social garment that we need to throw off these days. Make it your practice to see in others what you already know God sees in them. See, I don't think the real joy of this story is that Bartimaeus got his sight back. In fact, I don't think think that's what makes him whole at all. What restores Bartimaeus is something more important. And I love the readiness that he had to throw that cloak off. And you don't do this if you're a blind man begging. You don't throw your cloak off and go running if you don't expect to be received. In fact, I see Bartimaeus as more like a superhero. I see him more like Superman who has a suit on the outside, but his real personhood is on the middle and the inside, underneath and hidden away. And, And just as soon as he throws it off, you see exactly who that person is. But they're looking and they're waiting for that moment. And the moment today is... To be ready that when Christ comes walking past it, we're really willing to show who we are. Wendell Berry once wrote that we treat life, when we treat life less than a miracle, we give up on it. Well, I want to say that if we treat anyone less than a child of God, we've given up on them. So instead of today taking a final look at Bartimaeus and being awed that this blind beggar now has his sight, what if we just simply remember today that he is a child of God? Maybe you and I need to see someone in our life in the same way. And maybe that person is you. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we ask our Father to open our eyes to help all those that are out there. Uh, Let us uh, stand and sing our hymn of discipleship, Amazing Grace. It's found on page 378 in your red hymnal.
I've had in my mind this week that after this, and Bartimaeus followed along to Jerusalem with the rest of them, him being there when Jesus made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, that moment where everyone on the sides were throwing their cloaks down, and, and there's Bartimaeus, and he doesn't have a cloak to throw down. And he's looking around and saying, yes, throw those cloaks off. Let God see who you really are. So as you leave this place today, throw those things off. Let the world see who you are. You are a child of God. And let the world see the same in themselves. Go in peace. Amen.